Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce for Wednesday, April 14th, Hump Deuce. It's a Hump Deuce, Alex. Uh, and it's uh, another one of those rip the band-aid off type of episodes where we just, just get gotta, right into it. Get right into it. We got to get right into the bad news, which is, well, we sort of had a feeling after at the end of last night's episode where we spent about five minutes unable to speak when Jamal Murray went down with his in- injury in the mi- mid podcast. And we found out today, Jamal Murray out for the year, torn ACL. Uh, it's just shitty for multiple reasons. Obviously it's shitty for him, but it's just the continuation of this season, man. It just, we can't. So I, I saw a stat today. That's, I think that's the, either the fourth or fifth, torn acl this season which is like the most in years right and a lot of people i mean saying what we've been saying all along and we're not the only ones that there's definitely some correlation between short turnaround teams are playing every other day there's no rest or try i mean it's just the way the schedule is this year it's got to be the reason right it's got to be a big part of the reason just too it's, too too much of a coincidence that every team right. is just so I was gonna say is either that is what it's related to or there is a wild coincidence going on. So you know, like it's getting hard to believe at this point the, the amount of them. So I mean, it, it really sucks. And and I'm assuming these these billionaire owners have people studying these case, you know, like studying what's going on. And that's always amazed me, specifically about the NFL, is like that there's no like preventative measures like these these injuries keep it seems like they keep increasing year after year so i well you know i i I agree but i do think there has been studies that show that even when it seems like there's a lot of injuries that that it stays pretty plateau like year after year yeah it's similar it's just that some years you notice it more than others because of the names that makes sense yeah but but this year particularly the ACLs, there's more than usual. I think the most there's been there were the most there's ever been. I think I read was seven in a season, but that was oh, wow. a while ago. 
Yeah. And then over the last like five or so years, there was like maybe three was the most. And then now this year, there's either four or five. That was either the fourth or fifth. But you combine that with the fact that half of the top 10 players in the NBA this year, if not more, have missed extended periods of time. There's been other season ending injuries. Uh, and then guys have to sit out with COVID. So then when they come back, they're out of shape. So they're getting injured like that. Like we're recording right now. It's 1157 on the East coast and it's the fourth quarter of the heat game. And Jimmy Butler just went down with it. He turned his ankle and it, you know, he he's, it looks like he's okay. He's sitting on the bench, but man, I was just, we were just about to start recording. I was like, oh shit, not another one. So Jimmy Butler doesn't, I mean, a lot of guys are tough, but Jimmy's usually, he just usually just plays through it gets right. up walks it off so for him to be down as long as he was and to you know sort of be helped to the bench is a scary thing to see and it just this whole season man it, it's just like I, I don't know if it's ultimately history is not going to look back at it and be like oh that was the injury season but it does seem to be a little tainted the way things are starting to go down yeah i mean even lebron's hurt for i mean and that that was another freak thing mm-hmm. but it, it the season does seem like almost like an outlier or just something strange going on because guys are dropping left and right and it sucks, but maybe it'll make for an even more chaotic playoffs. Maybe that's like, as a fan, we want that. Like my thing is, is like, is that what we want? Like, do we want, like, do we want like chaos and, and random teams advancing because of injuries? I don't, no, not, not me. It's sometimes it's cool to see a player step in and make a name for himself in an instance like this. So maybe that's something. But yeah, I mean, yeah, typically you don't want to. You know what to I mean? Like, like, like chaos, like the heat going last year. OK, that's cool because mm-hmm. but it wasn't the product of now. It maybe was a product of the bubble and that circumstance and the team coming together. But it wasn't, you know, Giannis was hurt. So they swept them and Jason right. Tatum was hurt. You know, it wasn't one of these things where everyone was hurt. So they just coasted which is the concern right now, like Denver, man, it it just sucks, dude. Like, especially for a few years now, the knock with Denver has been, they won't make that move. Like they they draft all these guys and they, they develop their guys, but they, they have assets. Like if they would just package some assets and pull the trigger on a move at the deadline, they might make a push. And then Jesus Christ, dude, Jason Tatum just, on a fast break, just ran into the back of the basket. And now Dame is banged up. What is happening right now? Are you kidding? On the same play? On the same play. I don't think either of them hurt or hurt bad, but now every time something – it was both of them. They ran they, – they banged into each other. They banged knees, it looks like. Okay. But they're both, like, limping. <laughs> I mean, it's just – It's a war zone out I there. I mean, this is just – it's just – I mean, now it's just physical basketball, but, I mean, good God. Um, but, no, the thing with Denver for a while was always just, like, if they would just package some of these assets that are not going to be stars, the Gary Harris, RJ Hamptons, and just go get that piece that they need. This team is on the brink. Then they make the Aaron Gordon trade. And then you already got people saying like, Oh, this this team could go out us. This team could go to the finals. And they have that crazy loss to Boston where I said, I thought they were broken and now they are broken. (laughs) Unfortunately. I mean, I'm not, not to make a joke of Jamal Murray's injury, we obviously love Jamal Murray on this show, but it sucks. It, the The whole thing sucks, but for them, man, for Jamal, the most obviously, but for that organization, 
that has done a lot of things the right, they've built this thing the right way. Bring in some good free agents, draft incredibly. Develop incredibly. Develop incredibly. Go out and make the right trade and, you know, and, and do things the right way. Get the right coach. It looked like it was time. And now this happens. Yeah. It, it, there's not much to say besides it absolutely sucks, especially because like of what Jamal Murray did last year in the playoffs, how competitive the West is going to be. Like they need him to win games for them in, in the playoffs. So, so yeah. it's just rough. And, and it really does shift the landscape a little bit yeah. in terms of, you know, now they are built, as, they, yeah. they do have two, well, they have, it's interesting because Facundo Campazzo has pretty much been their backup point guard this year. But in the past, Monty Morris has been a very good backup, like more than capable backup and spot starter in when, when Jamal Murray is hurt. So can Michael Porter take that next step? Right. Like, I have to. Because yeah. here's my thing. As great as Jamal Murray is probably the emotional leader of that team, but in terms of just a duo talent wise, there's still not many duos as talented as Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. You know, like if if Porter hits his peak somehow this year, steps up and takes it to an even another level, even though he's been great this year, this still can be a pretty damn competitive team. They're mm-hmm. deep. They still have it. They got Aaron Gordon. They have Bart. Like there, there's there are other four guys in their starting lineup. It's a very good starting lineup. They have Millsap and Jamichael Green off the bench. Like they're still going to be a competitive team. I do think, you know, like you don't come back from three one twice without a Jamal Murray. Right? Yeah. It's just the emotional part is what I think in these tough playoff series. And he's their he's they're probably their second best player right now. But as from a leadership standpoint, I feel like that's where it's just going to crush them. Yeah. It's an interesting thing about Michael Porter Jr. though, too. Like that with Murray down, there's so many more shots to go around. So mm-hmm. is this, I mean, this is to me an opportunity for him to take his game clearly to the next level, or, you know, is he going to be less efficient pressing a little bit with the more shots and more responsibility? Right. And so also do they, do they run more sets for him? Do they ISO him more? Do they play two? they try to develop a two man game between him and Jokic? That's not really there because a lot of the, t- a lot of times, I see him in their offense. They, he, he's, you know, he's a spot shooter and then he gets his opportunities, but he's a spot shooter. He's a crashes the boards. Like, is it time? Is it time to unleash your, you probably don't panic right away because you still have the MVP, the leader for MVP in the NBA. Right. Mm-hmm. And you still have a good team. Uh, but is it, you know, are we on the brink of it being time to say, all right, we have this six ten wing who's has the opportunity, who's who could be the most one of the most talented offensive players in the NBA. Let's just let's just go for it. Let's unleash him and but make raise up his usage rate and run plays for him and see if he can like do something to replace what we lose at least offensively with Murray. Yeah, because that's Seems that's the only like guy who what? could be the one. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But what we know about Mike Malone, it doesn't seem like he's the type of coach to hand over the reins, but maybe it's a totally different circumstance. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, he hasn't been forced into it. Right. I just, I just see him as a more conservative coach that isn't going to totally pivot from, from this injury, but maybe I'm wrong. But pivot to like pivot from what? Like, cause 
it's not like he's just going to run all the same stuff with Monte Morris and Compazzo that he was running with Jamal Murray. So that right. something's, I mean, there's going to have to, tweaks, they're going right? to have to tweak stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. so I just don't see like an overhaul, but maybe yeah. they should, maybe that is the way to go. I, I would, I think. Right. Yep. Well, it does. I mean, it obviously changes everything in the West. Right. So the, and the team I've been thinking, and I keep thinking about is when, when we, we think about the the battle in the West is this now. And, and I was listening to the radio earlier. I was on, I forgot who I was listening to, but he was talking about this guy was talking about this injury and he made a really good point. The pressure now on the Clippers to win the West is absurd as, as they stay healthy. Right. Because other than the Suns. I mean, like the Suns and the Jazz are the Suns and the Jazz. You know, I think like the more you watch the Suns, they're so good, but I do think they're young. And I think for their first time in the playoffs, I don't know that they're built to make a deep run this year. I don't know. I could be wrong. I just do think they're young when I watch them. Uh, obviously CP3, but the rest of these guys have not done anything. Um, and then Utah's Utah. I, I don't buy them. And then the other two teams that you would think were the favorites to win the West, one just lost their second best player and the other, the Lakers, we just don't know. So you got to think right now, today, the Clippers beat the Pacers 126, 115. Paul George has had like five straight 30 point games. They didn't have Kawhi, Um, but they've been playing good basketball. We don't ever talk about them because we don't necessarily buy them. But they got to, are they now, they got to be sort of the leaders in the clubhouse in the West just by default at this point. Yeah. If you were going to handicap it, they would, I feel like you'd give them an edge over Utah. It's tough. I mean, I'm trying to to picture a seven game series between Utah and the Clippers, and it's tough because I just, I I do have a hard time believing the, the Jazz actually get there. But my gut is that the Lakers get right before the playoffs. And I know that's just speculation, but it is a huge amount of pressure for the Clippers. I mean, going into the season, it was a huge amount after that um, debacle last year and them seemingly being the second best team in the West. And now, yeah, they've stayed healthy. Other teams have been hit really, really hard. So I'm in agreement that the pressure is ramped up even more for these guys, but it doesn't make me feel more confident they can get it done, you know, like at all. Paul George is playing out of his mind. Yeah, he's sick right now. And it's crazy. I feel like in his younger years, his game relied so much on athleticism and not that he, he's still unbelievably athletic, but he's got like some of this like change of pace, like Euro game now. And it's really fun to watch. Like, I think the I past few like, years, I think like when he went to OKC, it's yeah, to it develop. Can, mm-hmm. just tonight. It's really struck me. Um, just his like craftiness around the rim is unbelievable. And he's yeah. always been a great shooter. Yeah, I mean, he's there's a reason he's a top 15 player in the NBA. Yeah. Even no matter what everybody thinks about him and the playoff stuff, from a, just from a purely talent perspective, I mean, yeah, it, there, there's yeah. there's a clear there's a clear reason. By the way, Jimmy Butler's back in the game, so that's good. Um, there's a clear reason why when they got Kawhi and then they got Paul George, it was like, oh, well, it, this this team's going to the finals or mm-hmm. Western Conference Finals, but. I, I, you know, I don't still don't really buy their depth. I do think like if I was them, 
even when Patrick Beverly is healthy, I would never play him again. Rondo is just so much better, mm-hmm. which is not like a test, not a testament to Rondo by any means. It's just like Pat Bev sucks. Pat Beverly <laughs> sucks, but and Rondo's just a better player. He's just a better mm-hmm. basketball player. It, they're both old, but Rondo still does a lot of the same. You know, he does a lot of good things. Like I, I, I think he helps them. I do. I, I when I saw that, I was like, I didn't understand the trade, but I do think he makes them a little bit better because mm-hmm. he's just a better version of what they were just throwing Pat Beverly out there to do. Yeah. Interesting stat I saw in the Clippers today, and I feel like it's flying under the radar. They are the best percentage-wise three-point shooting team of teams. They they termed it volume three-point shooters. I think the mark they said was 30 three-point attempts per game. Mm-hmm. Of any team in history that's attempted more than 30 threes a game, right now they have the best three-point percentage. So, I mean, that's a great recipe. And then you pair that with two stars. They, like they shot 13 of, 13 of 28 tonight. Yeah, they're it, – they're really shooting the shit out of the ball um, all season long. So they're on paper. There's no reason this team shouldn't be like one or two, mm-hmm. but they just don't, they, they my personal eye test, which we know the, I mean, the, that's the, extremely the, important. I mean, that's like the only eye test you that can matters. throw out the book when we're talking about my eye test. Yeah. They just don't look good. <laughs> they don't look dominant. They don't look elite to me. Well, you've sort of talked about it a few times on here, and I and I do agree. It's like they play as if they're waiting for the playoffs to 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 really play, mm-hmm. which doesn't, which we don't think translates to being a winning team, yeah, or a, a championship team. Like you eventually, you got to put it all together, and I do think that's part of why they went and got Rondo, right? A, a guy who would never do that. Like, yeah, I don't care what anybody thinks about Rondo. Rondo is not like a a phone it in type of guy when Rondo mm-hmm. play goes somewhere or plays, he plays. So maybe that's helping them. I don't know. They're old though. I mean, they, they're old. <laughs> they're just an old surge is still not playing. That is also flying under the radar. I mean, he's going to be necessary for them. Yeah. To- Boogie didn't play. So I don't know what's going on there. Surge has missed a ton of time and it's a back thing. You know, those mm-hmm. don't just go away. Yep. He's old. The tomb's old. Rondo's old. Pat Beverly's old. Pat Beverly's old. Reggie Jackson's not super young. Yeah, they're just they're kind of old. We'll see. I mean, but either way, if you have a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, the way the West is right now, you should be the favorites. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you got to see what happens with the Lakers. But if one of those two guys is not fully healthy, you should be the favorite. But I don't know if I buy it either. Uh and then the other team in the West that has a potential to make that run, depending on all the injuries is Phoenix. They're, they're now um, ham fisting the heat. Mm, yeah. Up they're 19, up, I see. They're up 19. And, you know, it, for the heat, they're on, this is the second game of a pretty rough road trip for them. They won their first game against Portland. They're going to lose this one, you know, they, they can't score. They just can't score, and they're playing against a great defensive team. I don't even know if Victor Oladipo makes that big of a difference in this game because it's not like Phoenix is, like, blowing them out offensively. They only have 104 points. The Heat have 85. It's just, yeah. they, they can't score against good defenses. It's not a good sign no, for them. No, it's not. I mean, 
it's still not out of the question for them to figure it out with with more games with I mean, I guess they're gonna work Deadman in. Trevor Ariza is probably not fully acclimated yet, right? Like Trevor looks good. Trevor looked yeah. well, he had 10 points in the first quarter and hasn't scored since, but he's looked pretty good in the time. I just I'm holding out hope because I do root for the Heat. Like I'm just holding out hope that they can can fix this offensive, whatever it is. I mean, they're just not a good offensive team right now. So there's still time to get it right for the playoffs, but we'll see. Want to hear something fascinating about Trevor Reza? Yes. You can go. I mean, I, I so I talked to Stan Remy today, who is a trainer down here in Miami, about the Heat and some of the other play, some of the players on there, and he was the guy training Trevor Reza down here in Miami before Reza got traded to the Heat, and they their friend they're like very good friends. He's they're very good friends. They've known each other for a long time. Trevor. Uh, is from down here originally. Oh, I don't know. Um, so he basically said it's always been a dream of Ariza to play down here. And when he got traded to OKC, he basically they they were like talking to each other, and Trevor said to him, "I got to get to the Heat. I got to wow. get. I got to get there." And Stan told him, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Come down here, work out of my gym, and I'll." And I'll get you there. That's because he has like a relationship with the organization. <laughs> yeah. Like they check in with him because guys work out there and stuff. Right. And Ariza just like left OKC. He got their permission. He just left, took like a, a one bag of like cl- like clothes and just came down to Miami for like three or four months and worked out until the trade deadline and got the heat to trade wow. for him. That's big time by this by Stan Remy. Very yeah. very cool. Um. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> and then I, know, I and yeah, then, just to make it work. Yeah. Like that. Well, and he was like, he's like, I'm not sure if it was technically legal. And I was like, right. well, <laughs> I was like, well, if, if okay, I'm, I was like, I'm sure Sam Presti heard that there's a potential he could get a second round pick for Trevor Ariza and was like, go wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't think it's, it, maybe it's not legal, but I don't think Sam Presti gave a shit. No. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. The Oladipo thing, I don't know. Like, he wasn't even playing. He wasn't – he also alluded to the fact that st- this guy, Stan, alluded – they said that he has spoken to, to Vic since the injury and that he was in good spirits, which leads him to believe that he that the injury is not that bad or else he probably wouldn't have been in as good of spirits as he was. So, okay, it's a good of, thing for the Heat. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, uh, I don't know. There – their defense is so good that they have a chance against anybody, but they're still just so they're struggling so much offensively. Uh, they really need Deadman to be productive for them because Precious yeah. stinks. Like he's just young, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, no, not, I, I know. Not he ready, just, yeah. He's just not ready. He he needs to be in the G League mm-hmm. or something. I, I don't know what, but he just Bielitsa is not a backup five, and Precious is not good yet. So they they really need Deadman to be a good player. The Suns. And it's the Suns are at this point. It's like the Suns is the the Suns is the Suns. Like this is just the, the uh, turnarounds. Like to go from not making the playoffs to this elite, I feel like is is so rare. You know, like one guy they add Chris Paul, a couple guys develop, and they're just yeah. this this great is amazing. Well, this is this is I really do. This is the Chris Paul effect. It really is. Yeah, like he does this teams become winning teams when he goes there now i mean look he, he turned around 
the worst organization ever, right? Clippers? Clip show, yeah. Wouldn't you, I mean, I guess they had a little run there with like Baron Davis and Elton Brand where they were decent. But really, they were, they were like a borderline playoff team even then. Right. Like Chris Paul got there with Blake and DeAndre. But when Chris Paul got there, it was like, okay, well, this might be a title team. Yeah. They were never that with – I don't think they were ever that with, with Baron Blake. Davis and Elton Brand. Yeah. Right. So, you know, ultimately, this is what Chris Paul does. But then the knock is that doesn't win in the playoffs. Or gets hurt in the playoffs. Same thing, I guess. But Yeah, but also just, you know, we talk about it probably to the point where the listeners don't want to hear it anymore. But if the best player on your team is a point guard, you're not winning a championship unless it's a Steph Curry, who's the best shooter in the history of the game, you know? So luckily though, I do. I Devin Booker could be the best player on this team. I don't know if it's this year, but you know what I mean? Well, he's the best scorer. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it's not like they don't have another good, like Devin yeah. Booker is a potential star. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they are just, you know, they it's inching their way to that best record in the NBA thing. So that's, you know. And they're so deep. I think I say this every time we talk about them, but the, I mean, they they're deep. Four. But some of these guys are just so young, man. Like Bridges, Aiton, even Devin Booker's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Cam, Cam Payne, Cameron Johnson. Cam Johnson, yeah. All of them. Dario's still kind of young, isn't he? Uh, I think he's probably like, oh, he's 26. Yeah. He might I mean, be like young. Yeah. He could be 40, though. Yeah, right? nobody is quite sure. <laughs> uh, so that's where I, that is my thing. That is another one of those things for me where outside of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, who played in the finals last year, that's where this team's Achilles heel could be. So that it's just a, a lot of guys who've never been there before. Mm-hmm. Maybe that doesn't matter. Cause you got to get there eventually like to have experience. You just got to yeah. get there. But, and Chris Paul is nowhere near slowing down. So it's not like it's, this is a one-year window or anything. Yeah. Right. But that's why we're like, even if they played, like, even if this team played Denver without Jamal Murray, I still wouldn't lock this team in to beat Denver. To Denver, all those guys are play. They've all been in the playoffs. Yeah, even I don't. Aaron, it's not a lock. Even, even Aaron Gordon's been in the playoffs. You know. Yeah. With the Magic, they were bad, but they went to the playoffs. But you know, Denver's pretty much the same roster of guys who went to the conference finals last year. So I, I mean, I, I wouldn't count them out. I wouldn't lock in the Suns to beat that team. You right. end up playing each other. You'd probably right. pick them, right? But you just, you're just not a lock. Definitely not a lock. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably pick them. I need to see what Denver, I really got to see what Denver does without Jamal Murray. I have right. to see. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to collapse. Uh, and I, and you know what? We may, we truly may not even see the, a major drop off until the playoffs. You still might see them win a bunch of the rest of their regular season games. Yeah, well, because they're going to be going up against teams that are dinged up left and right, too. And there's know? a lot so, of bad teams in the NBA. You yep. know what I mean? Like, there's just a, at this point in the year, yeah, dinged up and just bad teams. And so, you know, it's, it, we, it remains to be seen. I don't think we'll really know the impact. Well, we know what the impact of Jamal Murray is, but we won't know, no, until the playoffs or feel maybe like truly feel it. Um, Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. 
Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Uh, the, post, the, the Minnesota-Brooklyn uh, game that was postponed yesterday was played today. Uh, and and <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn ham-fisted Minnesota. Not surprising. This is one of those games that we were talking about yesterday that we probably won't discuss in depth because what, what's there to like what is there to like what's there to say? I, I, I well, I did see Towns and Kyrie both were out for personal reasons, and I'm assuming that's related to social justice and things like that. Mm. That's well, what I saw. I, yeah, I think so. But Kyrie had an well, Kyrie was going to be out yesterday. Okay, like even if the game got played yesterday, it, they announced on Sunday that Kyrie wasn't going to play now the shooting happened on Sunday. So that could have been why he wasn't going to play on Monday, Uh but it was already announced before the game even got postponed that he wasn't going to play. So I'm not entirely sure. Right. Right. Um, Just, I'm just something to keep an eye on, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, and then their game tomorrow, Minnesota's game tomorrow is at four 30 Eastern because I believe that uh, Minneapolis is still on a curfew. Okay. So, they, they move their game up because it's another home game. But we will not be breaking this game down in depth. However, the highlight of the NBA day came from none other than fan favorite, NBA morning deuce favorite, Anthony Edwards. Um, let me share my screen real quick because I'm going to play this audio. Okay. Uh, so Anthony Edwards was – asked if he was asked can you see it well you see my screen now yeah asked how do you feel about alex rodriguez being the new owner of the minnesota timberwolves here's his answer do you have any thoughts about him are you an a-rod fan at all growing up or anything like that what do you think about what he might bring to the team a fan who is he the baseball player alex rodriguez yeah no i I don't know. Okay. I know he's going to be the owner, but I don't, I don't, I don't know about baseball. Oh my God, bro. I don't know if that was too low for the people. So I'll play it again. It was kind of low, but I'll turn it up when I edit this, but I'll play it again. Do you have any thoughts about him? Are you an A-Rod fan at all growing up or anything like that? What do you think about what he might bring to the team? A fan? Who is he? The baseball player, Alex Rodriguez. (laughs) Yeah, no, nah, I, I don't know. Okay. I know he's going to be the owner, but I don't, I don't, I don't know nothing about baseball. It's amazing. That he's the best. is remarkable. That's one of the best sound bites of the year. And he's got like three in the top five, I feel like. But that is absolutely beautiful. Listen, like, I was thinking about it. in an age where athletes try really hard 
to be relevant outside of sports, like, like on social media, trying to be funny, you know, tweeting and doing their own, you know, content and this and that, this kid is a, is a gold mine and he's yeah. not even remotely trying. No, he's and just, it's not like he's dumb. It's not, you know, no, it's like, no, he's, he's like, just himself. He's just so himself. And he's so genuine. awesome. Yeah. He's so awesome. Now this soundbite becomes even better when you go back to the beginning of the year and you listen to the clip of him in this interview that he did before the season for Timberwolves, like TV or something. I don't know what it was, but just listen to this clip from before the season. Okay. <laughs> I used to play baseball when I was young. Yeah, it'd be hot. Really? How good a baseball player were you? I could have went to the MLB. MLB? Yeah. I am not surprised. I'm, I'm serious, though. You no, I just, I love your confidence. I what positions pitcher. did you play? I played pitcher, shortstop, Next. third base, and center field. Those are the prime positions. That's what, that what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, you were the best player on your team. Is that the name? Now we talking. You could hit the ball. But I was fourth, fifth hitter. You know what that means. Clean up. Yeah. Scrape clean up on aisle three. Come, come. I used to play baseball. <laughs> oh, man. It's just so the best is yet to come. I just hope, you know, I just hope he doesn't say something stupid that people take out of context or something. I just hope he never changes. Yeah. Well, th- he did say something that people took out of context, and Knicks fans despise him for it. Yeah, but that's awesome. I mean, oh, yeah. God, dude, that not knowing who A Rod is, I, I like that's close to. It's close to a professional baseball player not knowing who Michael Jordan is. Like it's, they're not of the same. And and, and also knowing, and also knowing that he grew up playing baseball. Right. And that he claims to be like this great player who could have played in the major leagues. It just also means like he's always been this guy, just like super confident about himself and didn't really care about anything else. Yeah. Like he, like he was like, I like playing this sport, so I'm gonna play it. But I don't really give a shit about like what's going on. In I mean, you baseball. you would literally have to have never seen Sports Center growing up to to not know who A Rod is. You know, like if like it's almost impossible to be a professional also, athlete. And, and and I and to that end, like I got I would be you got to think he knows who J Lo is. Yeah, he's yeah. He, so. Like, what if they were like JLo's husband? <laughs> they broke up, I'm pretty sure. I think that's well, whatever. Cool. You know what yeah. I mean? But you know what I mean? Yeah. I said, oh, that guy? That, yeah. Like, oh, oh, that. Oh, that, that orange guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy. Uh, he's just the best, man. He's just, I love, I guess. I'm so glad I didn't see that until now because that, that was a genuine, just me cracking up. So <sighs> just incredible, man. It just good, I, good on. I, I mean, I guess the Minnesota media is not intentionally trying to put him in the position to to have these responses, but just keep doing it, man. Put this kid in front of the camera as much as possible. Mm-hmm. This was I, this was pregame. I was about to say they this was they got beat by thirty, but no, this was pregame. Um, but yeah, he's he had twenty seven, but they still, you know, they got beat down. And get it done, huh? He's awesome. He's just yeah, so awesome. I love him. Uh, that was really the only takeaway or the only really thing of importance that I wanted to discuss from that game because it was so cool. Uh, there's a, not a huge slate of games tonight. Uh, the only a couple more, the Blazers and the Celtics are barn got burner, a little, got a little barn burner, Portland. Oh, we may get some Dame time. 
We haven't had Dame time in a while. It's 107, 105. I'm nervous to stream it right now. With two and a half minutes. My internet, but. So um, I, might, I might need to call on you for like some actual good play-by-play if it comes down to it. Okay. Good luck. One point game. Boston's up 107-106 with 245 left. Okay. Uh, Atlanta beat the Raptors. So there's a couple things to talk about from this game. There's two talking points that I need to hit on for sure. <laughs> oh, two. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know one of them for sure. Um which is the McDonald's outfit that Trey Young was <laughs> Trae wearing. looked like he was playing 14 McDonald's. I know he, he didn't play in this game, he didn't but he play. was in a full-on like, athletic jumpsuit with just McDonald's logo and the colors. It was kind of hilarious. But it was yeah, like, if, you, if you obviously can't, you know, he, we, has to be getting, he has to be getting paid by them, right? Like, there's no way you would just wear that. I don't right? think so. Well, no, I, I think <laughs> this is just what fashion is now. Like when you're rich, when you're rich and you're famous, you tend to believe that you can just wear whatever and make it trendy. Now, the difference is Kyle Kuzma, super fashionable. Like he can wear random stuff and it looks cool. Shea Gilgis Alexander, Russell Westbrook, Kelly Oubre, beautiful man. He could probably wear whatever he wants. Trae Young is the weirdest, one of the weirdest looking humans on the planet. So when he wears this thing, he just looks like a goofball. He, he just looks, looks like, like a goofball. goofball. That's the only way to put it, really. He, looks- he just looks goofy. It's like a, a McDonald's like baggy tracksuit. It was just weird looking. And I don't, and I genuinely don't think he was getting paid by McDonald's to wear it. I feel would, like that would blow my mind. I feel like Trey Young saw that and he's like, yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> Jesus, here you go. Trey Young hard. That's, isn't that it, how he talks? He kind of talks like that. I think he's, he sounds pretty weird. Yeah. He has, yeah. Um, yeah. I know that you, you were itching to talk about that. Yeah. I just wanted to point it out because I, I I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. Yeah, I mean, go check thing, it out if you if you if you haven't seen it. Go check. I'm it sure out. it's you can find it. The other thing is Malachi Flynn almost went full Human Torch. He's been um, playing pretty good for them. He had four three pointers in 90 seconds <laughs> in the final two minutes. He went so, fucking ballistic. Oh yeah, I didn't and brought see this it. thing close. Yeah, so I mean, and then he he got <laughs> off. Oh, good. Sorry. He got off a fifth three that almost went in. That would have tied. Like it was, it was almost like a Tracy McGrady against San Antonio type situation. Wow. Uh, I saw a funny like Pascal Siakam actually had a probably one of his better games of the year in this game. Yeah. But I did see the other night he was like four for seventeen, and I saw a very funny tweet that was just like, "Has Toronto tried uh, shutting down and restarting Pascal Siakam?" <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> which i thought was very funny um there's just something wrong we don't know <laughs> it's just re- has, have they tried restarting him <laughs> very funny um well so i let but for atlanta shout out to brandon goodwin dude florida gulf coast alumni the so. only florida gulf coast player in the nba ever the only player That's ever awesome. in wow. the nba from florida gulf coast uh Shout out Mike Fly, head coach of Florida Gulf Coast. And it's a big deal for them. Second game in a row, starting second win in a row. Which I also really like it when the Hawks win without Trey Young. 
especially against decent teams. The, the, their last game was against was a good win too, without Trey Young. Who was um, Boston? No, Charlotte. 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 Yeah, yeah, they beat Charlotte, and they beat the Bulls before that. That, that was probably but with Trey Young. Young. Trey Young was playing that game, but two games in a row against two playoff teams, right? Well, mm. Toronto's not a playoff. <laughs> yeah. team. Toronto's not a playoff team. Fighting for playoff, fighting yeah. for the plan. Charlotte's a playoff team. Uh, so I I kind of love it because I don't want to be this. I know I'm a Trey Young hater, but I also you know just want I, I I want people to realize like it's not Trey Young that has made turned this thing around. It's Nate McMillan. And look at the, look at look at the team that they have on the floor and they're winning they're winning games with right now. It's, it's bare bones. Every time any- I. Yeah, every time I watch this team's highlights, it's the passing that stands out to me. This team is outstanding at passing, and they've got shooters. Like, they've just got talent. Bogdan Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter are just good, solid NBA players. And when you've got those kind of guys and a great coach, you're going to win. Yeah. I, I always see <laughs> Heat Twitter, they do this, right? So the Hawks are now – Seven and one since Solomon Hill went into their starting lineup, mm-hmm. and Heat fans are like, "Oh, it's Heat culture!" <laughs> oh, God. Brought, brought brought the heat, heat brought the Heat culture to Atlanta. Jesus Christ! That, <laughs> that's the opposite of Heat. Heat culture is not about one guy, right? So one, yeah. one guy can't. No, they're saying like he he brought the he, whole he culture, and the instilled culture. it in them. He instilled okay. the culture when he entered the starting lineup. Not before that. It just cheapens what heat culture is. If you're just going to apply it to one guy that fucking goes. <laughs> but it's just what they do. Like, I know, it was I the know. same thing. Like Kelly Olenek starts going off when he goes to Houston. Like, hey, guy spent three years with the culture. <laughs> and they apply it to everyone other than Hassan Whiteside. Of course. Yeah. Because everyone hates Hassan Whiteside. Uh so the Hawks stay in fourth in the East. It that's a, I mean that's a team. I would bet a lot of money if they stay at four. I would bet a pretty substantial amount that they lose in the first round to either Boston or Miami, whichever team it is. Would Would you agree? Man, well, I'm going in the other direction with Boston, just with their. So I don't know. I think the Heat. I would bet the Heat heavy in that. You series. wouldn't be. You wouldn't bet Boston beat Atlanta. I'm on the fence with Boston right now, dude. They're that like. I what am I just too, saw, but I just don't. I just, yeah. You buy Atlanta though. No, I think Atlanta's a good team, and if and if they're fully healthy, I mean, it sounds like DeAndre Hunter is not coming back, but John Collins is going to be back. Like this is going to be an even more deep team, which is. I think a, a problem for Boston because their bench is sure. so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think in a first round series, Boston It'll just be a tough ex- one for me. Experience to wise, Boston, they, they, there's no one other than Solomon Hill. There's really no one on Atlanta that's played any. They, they just traded away their most experienced playoff. Right. Which is, I guess, Capella's Capella got some. Yeah. Oh, man. Dame just missed a shot with 32 seconds left to take the lead. Wow. Now 25 seconds left. Celtics ball. Boston up one, right? Yep. 20, 20 seconds. There's six second difference between the shot clock. Portland is playing out the last possession or defending the last possession without fouling. Jason Tatum, top of the key. 
step back to his right. Bang. Nice. Picks up four. That was pretty good. I, I was able to visualize that in my head. Really well done. So 116-112 Boston then? With eight seconds left. So that game's over. Four in a row for Boston. Just when you thought it was over, right? Um, uh, is Trist- I'm assuming Tristan Thompson's been making a big difference. Play. Like, uh, like just defensively, just as a body, just mm-hmm. as a, a way Luke Cornett cannot get on the floor. Right. Well, yeah, it just helps I mean, them not huge. have to play. They're awful. Literally players. huge for them. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, yeah, 21 minutes, five points, eight rebounds. So, yeah, and it, and it and it, it, lim- it helps Robert Williams not have to play a ton of minutes. Because mm-hmm. I think I was listening to a Celtics podcast the other day that was just basically saying, like, what I think we've said a lot about Robert Williams is just he's really talented, but he can't play 40 minutes yet. Like right. He's a good 20 minutes or so a game. Mm-hmm. They still don't have a great bench, but it's I guess it's not awful when Tristan's there. And Romeo Langford being back gives him a tiny little like a like that's another guy you mm-hmm. rather be in there than like yeah I mean they have Tristan Thompson I really do I really like Grant Williams uh, I think Shemi Shemi Ojale I think he's been hurt and he's back now so that I guess that's helpful I don't know. Uh, yeah I, I do oh oh wow jeez did you write off this Portland game too soon. Norm Powell just hit like a 40 foot three, five seconds left. So now, so now there's, oh, so now it's a one point game with five seconds left. So Portland's going to have to foul. They don't have any timeouts and then go the length of the court. Yeah. That's, this is true damn time. This is true damn time. Damn. Should I try to stream this real quick? I'm going to try to do it. If the internet goes out, I just, I'm sorry, but yep. Uh, Atlanta. So yeah, Atlanta, we'll see. I don't, the ball, I, I, I mean, that's the only way that would explain why they're playing so well is that ball and the defense has gotten better again for them. Um, all right, the last game we'll talk about, Utah beat OKC. Not going to talk about that one because it's OKC. Lakers beat Charlotte. So another, uh, another good game for the top teams in the West, right? Yeah. Charlotte is, I tell you what, I said this to i don't even forgot who i said it to the other day but i was i think it was maybe when i was talking to andrew from the Knicks podcast and he was talking like who you could see maybe falling out in the east and i said like charlotte is sort of a prime candidate to make a the injury the injuries are unbelievable with this team well did you see their injuries tonight yeah it was insane <laughs> no 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 terry rozier no PJ Washington, no Malik Monk, and obviously Lamelo's out, and Gordon Hayward's been out. It's ridiculous. I think there might have been one more. No, that's it. Okay, but yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's so much scoring not out there. That's their whole team. And honestly, watching the highlights, the, the it's uh, it was kind of concerning for the Lakers that dudes like Caleb Martin look really good. So Celtics had trouble getting the ball inbounds. They finally got it into Marcus Smart. And a, a second and a half came off. That sucks. So there's three and a half seconds left. Smart is smart going to the line. Damn Ooh, it. I'm eight. like five seconds behind you. Frustrating. Yeah, it's going to be tough. That's what I'm saying with Charlotte is the whole – it's the injuries. So they they dropped to seventh now in the East. And the Knicks have won three in a row. 
It's just that good God, those teams like the Pacers can't be health, can't get healthy. Bulls are inconsistent. Raptors stink. So no matter what, the Hornets are going to be in the plane. But they might I mean, fall, but they might, right. but they could fall out of that top eight and have yeah. to win two games to make the playoffs. I think it's the – something about the Pacers makes me think they're going to go on a little run at the end of the season because they were right with the Clippers until the fourth quarter. Let me check oh. a look at the – Oh, wow. Mark Marcus Smart missed the first one and then missed the second one on purpose. And Portland had to chuck it full court and they lost. Wow. And it looks like he's hurt. Who? Mark, Marcus Smart. I don't know what he's holding. He's holding something. Everyone's hurt. I don't know. They're all hurt. So Boston did win. So that they now. Oh no, this is that's four in a row for Boston. And that lead and that keeps them because the Heat lost tonight. They are now a half a game ahead of the Heat for the fifth seed. It's crazy. Eastern Conference. Both of these like bottom halves of these conferences are crazy right now. It's just like last week we were literally writing off, like basically saying how we just didn't buy. We still don't buy Boston as a contender in the East, but they're they're about a half. They're a full. They're just a game back of being a top four team now again. It's really amazing how much one role player coming back or getting hurt can can affect things. Like we see Tristan Thompson come back and they they really have looked like a different team. Um, but yeah, in my mind, their, their roster is too messed up to be a contender. Maybe I'm wrong because the star power is too good. But I wouldn't be surprised if they they fit, like I think they'll jump the Hawks maybe. Um, but yeah, it's this has been as unpredictable from from four to eight. You know, is just so fluid the whole season. I, I can't remember anything like it, and it can in change both conferences. Yeah. Well, I guess not in the West. The West, I guess. The one six, through five six, is pretty. Like six through ten in, in the West is similar to four through through eight in the East. Like, where... I've, I've watched Portland now two nights in a row, and I I love Damian Lillard, but this is not the same team we were watching earlier in the year. Like, I don't know. I can't believe this team's still six. They're not good. Yeah. They're just not. I, like, Obviously, they still have the talented players like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are both super talented, but it's not a good basketball team. It's weird. They've almost looked gotten worse since Nurkic and, and McCollum, have been, like record-wise, you know. I mean, and I'm sure there's more to do with it. I'm not yeah. saying they're a worse team with those guys, but we were kind of thinking like, oh, Dame's keeping them afloat. When these guys get back, they are going to be the real deal, and, and they've gone the, the other direction. Yeah. It's going to be a, a, a battle of attrition in those last like six through, I guess not six. I was going to say six through 10, but even the difference between Portland and Golden State is six games. So it's not like, it's not like Golden State's jumping up that high. No, because Golden State's not very good. <laughs> None of these teams are really no. good. None of these teams uh, Memphis are might be the most solid. Well, the Mavericks with Luca, but. Well, they definitely play the hardest. That's like, half the battle right yeah. now at this point in the year with everyone so with memphis that they're, they're like the memphis is the only team in here that you're like is like overachieving you know and is like mm-hmm. you san know. antonio i guess a little bit right although i expect them to be a 500 team all year long 
Yeah. Memphis, they're just going to play hard and they're going to win games they're supposed to and they might lose to a good team, you know. Good God. Jason Tatum, his haircut sucks. Uh, does he have it longer now? or, or no? It's weird. I don't yeah. know. His tape looks uneven. Uh, it's just not good, man. I have to He's got to do something about that. <clears throat> that might be my first do sneeze. <clears throat> It's a weird looking haircut. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just because he played forty eight minutes of basketball. Could be it. There's something going on with the hair, or maybe just pandemic hair. I don't know. But it's not great. It's not great. Now, it's not even in the same ballpark of awfulness as Trey Young's hair. <laughs> you just bring that up so you could wrap it back. In. No, it's just where my head went as soon as I started talking about bad hair. It's like okay, well, I. Okay. There's Let me only- see if people are talking about Trey Young on Twitter because I only saw it on in the YouTube video. People have got to be talking about this god awful McDonald's. Did you see Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban came out and I guess he was in, in an interview and said that in hindsight, doing the play in tournament was an enormous mistake to vote yeah. for it. He actually made a couple good points that I saw. From yeah, he said. The article. He said. If we're going to be creative because of COVID, we should go straight up one through 20 and let the bottom four play in that. This is the year particularly to do it since the 10 games cut from the normal 82 game schedule. We're in conference. The worst part of this approach is that it doubles the stress of the compressed schedule rather than playing for a playoff spot and being able to rest players as the standings become clearer. Teams have to approach every game as a playoff game to either get into or stay in the top six since the consequences, as Lucas said, are enormous. So players are playing more game and more minutes in fewer days yeah well i'm sure mark cuban knows this but like this is exactly what the league wants is more competitive games that matter they don't give a shit about yeah but they're gonna the but he but they are gonna have to reevaluate because when jamal murray tears his acl and lebron james doesn't play for like the the nba wants more games in in less days but they don't want 20 games without lebron right so definitely yeah you know you gotta you gotta pick and choose You've gone – I mean, we're going to end up having, what, like a quarter of the games this year without stars, like true stars. I mean, we talked about at one point that four of the top five players in the MVP race weren't playing. They can't like that, I would think. Yeah, you're right. And I guess I guess this is something – well, I guess – in an, a regular 82 game season that's spaced out, then this isn't as big of a deal to Mark Cuban, but he's making it like, this is, this just isn't the year to, to do it, you know? Well, I think he's also making the point that like, I, well, I think he's also saying the, the play in is that like having the play in games changes the way you would play players late in the season. Yeah, but but then having this seventy-two game schedule that's compressed, I think, is also what he's saying. Like, he's, yeah, he's adding I, to that, and having to play those guys more in less days, but also having to play them later in the year when you wouldn't normally play them, or you might rest them because games aren't as important because you know you're locked in. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, like, they're you know for the Mavs, for example, if they're the six, if they're the seven seed with fifteen games to go, there's a chance that they're like. All right. Well, we're six games up, so we don't care if we slip. We don't care. Well, we don't care if we lose a couple. We don't. We don't care if we lose a couple games because we're not gonna. We're not gonna blow a six game lead in the playoffs. But a six game lead as a seven seed doesn't matter because then you guys still got to play in the play. So you're trying to play up to the six. 
So it, it makes sense what he's saying. But I think he's only saying that because they aren't as good as everyone thought they were going to be. Yeah. Luca made a very similar comment prior to that too. So right. maybe he was just kind of backing his franchise Probably, player. but I yeah. think they're both – they wouldn't be saying it if they were top four. Agreed, yeah. So, oh, well. Uh, all right, I think that's it. No one commented yet about your top no, shot. That so. offers off the table, dude. Tobias Harris is safe in my mic. <laughs> Really? No, no, no. Somebody can get it. Yeah, no, we can't. We can't do that. (laughs) End of the week. Legally. (laughs) End of the week. Yeah, you guys have till the end of the week. People listening that also have top shot accounts. You guys have till the end of the week. Um. Okay. Well, that's it. Yeah. But we'll see you guys tomorrow. Later.